Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Ewan Patterson. Hello, it's Hello. me. It is him, Ewan Patterson. We thought, why not take an, have an excuse to talk about the golden age of Xbox Live, the golden age of online multiplayer across the 2000s. Not saying that millions of people don't play multiplayer games right now, but if you were there, you remember the energy. You remember what it was like being in those lobbies where everyone yelling at each other. You remember the Spies versus Mercs. You remember the Halo 2 online foundry map, you might say. Um, and we just kind of thought we would break that stuff down because like you said... Um, you know, multiplayer is never going to be like that again. Like for, for better or worse, um, that was the time that uh, the exact moment when Xbox multiplayer peaked or online multiplayer peaked in general. Um, and we kind of we're going to run down a few different things. But initially, what comes to mind for you when you're thinking of that? Uh, Halo Three. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's Halo Three. I, I think of like custom games, Forge mode, and how Bungie created something perfect with the multiplayer for that game, mm. where you had the competitive aspect. I think that honestly, Halo Three is one of the most balanced shooter I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Where you know, a guy who was like skilled with the battle rifle and like could take down anyone from any range if he knew what he was doing um and like the the creative mode side of things with like forge and like custom games which the absolute nonsense and hilarity you could get up to <laughs> with like the infection game mode yeah people making like houses and zombie sieges and just the, the way that encouraged creativity and and fun mm. that to me is like a golden age of like just brilliance There's, like obviously you know it wasn't all great a lot of toxic <laughs> toxicity which was not fun and i really no. really just get on my nerves and people are like oh you would never have survived a call of duty lobby in 2008 because <laughs> why would you want to survive a call of duty lobby in 2008 those places were awful yeah um but in terms of like halo 3 vibes like just being being in that space getting to like do all that hang around with buds and just play stupid fun hyperactive mm-hmm. zombie game modes and stuff or like um or even like Griffball and stuff like that, which because I time. for me, um, we we've mentioned before that there's about a seven year age difference between me and you, and like so for me, everything you just mentioned applies to Halo Two in terms of like that was the game that I first took online at my first. I got Xbox Live for Halo Two and for Splinter Cell: Pandora Tomorrow's multiplayer, um, Spies versus Mix, which I'm still both of those. Like when you mentioned Halo, I remember when Halo Infinite came out, it was like, why do you guys not have the Forge mode ready to go? They do now, but it's like they could have easily just had that. Well, not easily, but they could have had that stuff ready when Infinite finally launched. 
launch and you would have had people getting Game Pass, people going back to Halo. It would have been its own self-sustaining, you know, uh, platform for Halo, for Halo. And it would have been awesome. Um, and then, like, the Spies vs. Mercs stuff, why is there not a free-to-play, just go-to Spies vs. Mercs thing? Like, that feels like that the most ridiculous. obvious thing like, they could we do. Because, like, we had Splinter Cell Blacklist in 2013, which brought it back, but yeah, not quite... Not the same. It wasn't the same. They gave the Spies too much power. Mm-hmm. I think for that mode to work, you really need to have that sense of, like, if I get caught right now, I'm, I'm screwed. But <laughs> if I get... If I play my cards exactly right, I can uh, ruin someone's day. Spies versus Mercs was... Oh my god, King. What, what a game. Mode. I wanna I wanna shout out because we mentioned like there was there was so much toxicity in the lobbies. Everyone was yelling all sorts of words at each other. And over time, the obviously the net positive thing to do was to just remove that stuff, which made the most sense. Like I said, over time. <laughs> at the same time, at that time, it was hilarious shooting the person who was being an absolute a-hole in the chat. It was and then you heard them scream and get annoyed or whatever. Like <laughs> there's something about that that I absolutely love doing. Like and also you could obviously go on the um in the lobbies and mute specific people, but I I miss that ability of like the the specific toxic child who's in the lobby you can just headshot them or kill them or whatever and one of the things that was in Spies versus Mercs um, which I should probably explain was a Splinter Cell multiplayer mode where half the teams it was usually like 2v2 I think um, one of the games had 3v3 or 4v4 yeah the one I remember was um, it was like 4v4 yeah. I think it was there's yeah. different permutations of it over the years but the first one was in Pandora Tomorrow's multiplayer and then it went forward um, but some players would be spies they, it was played in third person they could stick to the shadows they had gadgets they could do chokeholds and upside down um, neck snapping finishes and then everyone else was um, playing in first person as the mercs they could shoot people they also had some gadgets and smoke bombs and stuff like that but there was such a fun side to it where you could like taunt each other and if you were playing as a spy um, you know, if you had like two dudes who were playing as mercs maybe clearing an area out uh, quite slowly you'd grab a dude put him in a neck lock that would open the voice chat up so you could say whatever just F-U-F-U-F-U and then kill them and they would be like oh my god and then their, <laughs> then their voice chat just would get cut off abrupt cut off yes. in voice chat is so funny. You're basically doing the mill house. Maybe I'm over here. Maybe I'm over here. It's brilliant. That yeah. that that vibe is scarcely replicated today. The best example I can think of is Hell at Loose, where the price right. chat is so funny, and you can literally say you have a scenario where there's like a tank coming around the corner, mm-hmm. and you're yelling in prox chat to other people, being like, "There's a tank coming this," and then they'll be like down there, so they'll get a distance hearing like, "What? What's that person saying?" And then I'm like, "Tank coming," and then, and then they'll be like, "Wait, what?" And That's like, that. All like someone gets abruptly blown up in front of you and it's like, oh my God, please help me. Thank you, thank you. It's like, that to me is just, it's cinema. Because you, it's the movies. Yes. Do you remember in, um, it was in Halo 2 and I think it would have been in Halo 3 as well. When someone got killed as they were talking, it would put one of the death grunts in the audio. So they would just go, oh, you know, I think he's over. That would- <laughs> Mate, and it's, it's the fact, what would make that even better is because the physics in Halo 2 and Halo 3 was so great. You yeah. could get away with, you could make some hilarious kills. Like I remember one of my favorite tricks, I forget the map, but there was one where it was like a big sitter down the middle and there was different gravity lifts and gravity uh, launches. Yes. You could throw sticky bombs on those launches and like stick people mm. in midair and then they'd like go back and like kill their friends or whatever. Or like kill someone so their body falls on the grav chute and it launches the corpse across the yes. map instead. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and you could still attach a sticky to those yeah. corpses, and it would like but th- that. That led to so much creativity, mm-hmm. and like just the the amount of fun that you could you could do with that, and like it was it, those memories are so great. But one thing that was also I think integral about this era is like the co op modes. Like you mm-hmm. mentioned Splinter Cell, you could do like double agent co op. You could do Chaos Theory co op. Yeah. Halo Three, you could go through that campaign with both the Chief and um, and the Arbiter, mm-hmm. and that 
was like fun. You have it, like I'm on my Instagram now. I'm constantly being recommended nostalgia content <laughs> that, that is based around like, oh, I'm doing the final mission on Halo Three with your buddy, like driving right. a warthog or whatever. And it's like, yeah, these are fundamental gaming memories that are more embedded into my brain because I experience them with other people. Mm-hmm. Well, I would back that for yeah for all the multiplayer stuff, the co-op stuff. Like thinking about Halo 3's campaign, like that perfectly worked as a single player. Like you said, that final mission is like a big the base is exploding, trying to escape thing. Um, but I really want to zero in on like the the gameplay first stuff because like Bungie back then um, were just capitalizing on that stuff so much and I, it never really came across to Destiny. Like Destiny plays really, really well but it doesn't have that sort of physics-y side or that experimental side of like, oh, I wonder if I attach this to this and then fire it off, what'll that do? Side to it. And I remember um, when Halo 2 was coming out, I don't know if you would have seen this but um, they revealed it at like E3, whatever year it would have been back then and the, the <laughs> video, I have it on cassette because it came with a magazine at the time. I'm guessing. And um, that's how old I am. But um, I remember when that came out and they had the video of the, that, the previous year's E3 came out in the window um, and it was they were showing off people reacting to Halo 2 for the first time and it was that sort of more CG mixed with gameplay reveal but it had Hooper Stank to the Reason on in the oh, background which is a great pick for that yeah and that, I guess that makes it 2003 um, and so I remember all that stuff but I also remember the dev diary showing Bungie themselves making the game and it wasn't a giant team but they were all playing on like LAN parties like they each had their own units and they were all just playing synced up and I remember them talking about um, that the pivot between Halo 2 and 3 and bringing in the powers and the, the, the items and stuff like the bubble shield and the landmine that you could put on the ground and saying, you know, that idea of like they were saying as devs, like when we were playing these multiplayer matches and they look up and someone's about to hit you with a warthog, that idea of like, well, I'll just put a mine down and like, yeah, I blow up, but I take you out as well. And like, that's such a, that mentality is multiplayer to me. Like, and the best games, best multiplayer games are the ones that double down on that. And Halo Infinite thankfully does. It's just that it doesn't have the same energy around it that Halo did back then. But that was why Halo was on top of the world. I think the reason why Halo isn't what it used to be, it's obviously a mixture of, you know, it's not got Bungie in it, mm. but I think they introduced too many things. Yes. I think Halo 3 and Halo 2 are a great example of, they had lots of stuff in them, but it's still a case of less is more. Mm. You have key guiding principles and key guiding elements of your PvP combat in, in multiplayer, mm-hmm. but it's not diluted by like, we're gonna give you like 50 different weapons that kind of do a similarish thing. You know, like variety is fun, but the weapon selection in Halo 3 and Halo 2, was pretty great yeah. as it is. And it, it led to really interesting encounters. The vehicle selection was great. Mm-hmm. I have great memories of hopping on a Hornet with my buddy and then jumping <laughs> onto an enemy Hornet and hijacking it. Right. Like these are foundational, like really cool gaming memories to me. And it's because it wasn't a case of, I wasn't overthinking of how am I gonna customize my battle rifle? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, everyone gets given the same tools. You know where they are. Mm-hmm. The more you play, the better you get. That to me is so much more edifying than what we've really gotten in so many other multiplayer games over the years. And it's the reason why Halo 4 and even to a degree Halo Reach, I like Halo Reach what it is, but I still mm. think that that's when they kind of started overcomplicating things. The weapon bloom, you had the, the armor abilities like armor lock, which was just the stupidest thing. God, remember armor lock. Um, but yeah, like th- th- there's a reason why I think those... Those memories are more edifying because it was a case of everyone was on a level playing field. As yeah, well. I think as well, like it just a few things you mentioned there reminded me of like what I'm going to call like Hollywood moments, where it was just like, no, I've got this weapon, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to do my own little makeshift John McClane style approach, that I'm going to take everybody out. Uh, I still remember to this day um, being able to wipe out the entire team in Halo Two to free up the capture the flag area so that my team could score. And it's like it's not that those moments don't happen at all anymore, but there was something about the balancing, the weapon spawns, the the team size, the 
map design that like almost encouraged that stuff. Like when you mentioned hopping on a Hornet, I remembered getting a gravity hammer and thwacking one yeah. of them out the sky. And the physics would, would like fly around yeah. and get wobbly and stuff. And, it's, yeah. and then you get, obviously in Halo 3, you had the theater mode as well. So you could watch it back and theater like, mode. You know, drink it in. Yeah, and that's where you get machinima from yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Like you get people basically creating that, you know, with Rooster Teeth and Red versus Blue. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, Overwatch kind of had that that, that theater kind of experience mm. with the plays of the game and stuff. And you had like those really cool moments that people would create. Mm -hmm. But certainly, yeah, Halo 3, the, everything built into that that game was like shared for community. Like the mm. theater mode was, was perfect, but like the Forge, the custom games, like Bungie would spotlight, you know, really popular Forge maps, really popular like yeah. custom games, like new, like th that to me was was so great. And and for me personally, like even before Minecraft was a thing, I was building stuff in Forge mode totally. and making cool stuff. They were so ahead of their time. Like if, if, um, if that came out now and Halo was still on top of the world, we can talk about why that went away and the, the changing sort of mentalities that went into multiplayer and then especially how Halo changed because it was with... Um, um, Halo 4, that was like the pivot point, and then Halo 5 kind of doubled down on the esports stuff. Um, and there's a presentation of Halo 5 when you play multiplayer is like, you're in Team Falcon against Team whatever. And um, that assumption that the average person is more into esports than they are, that the whole conversation around esports is a whole thing. There's like eight categories for it at the Game Awards, but I'm not seeing a single person care about them. I, I know that I'm trashing esports. I like watching um, Street Fighter tournaments as much as the next person, but I feel like overall it never really replaced that feeling. Um, nor has console multiplayer ever got back to those heights, um, at least in terms of the variety of games that were being played. Um, I was going to mention, like, because obviously we talk about Halo and Spinner Cell, we can go back to those things, um, but it felt like after those games exploded, every other game then had to have a multiplayer mode, even if it made no sense at all. And I remember my personal tipping point was The Darkness. I don't know if you played The Darkness game <laughs> I do um, the from Starbreeze, but they had a, um, a multiplayer mode in there where, like, most people played as human, or maybe it was, like, one player as human, someone else was the little creatures, like these little sort of imp creatures that could jump around the map and I remember booting into that um, and the lobby size was really small it's like me and like three dudes at the time everyone was still on uh, voice chat and I remember me and these two random dudes from America just being like what the hell are we what even is this what are we doing um, and you know and, and it extended obviously years later into something like Batman Arkham Origins having a multiplayer mode which is a fun multiplayer mode by the fun way fun enough but like that felt like that paradigm shift of like oh there's too many of these now and like and that sort of shifted and then that was able to shift into the esports stuff where it's like oh maybe it's not for me anymore maybe it's over there now mm. and um but what do you, yeah, what do you think of like the the way that it played out, the boom period, and then everyone else trying to get in on it? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you have like that 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 influence, like Call of Duty and Halo really become these big phenomenons. Mm. You know, Gears of War gets its horde mode, then everything then Halo gets Firefight. Um Oh shout out to Oh my god. Yeah. You just awakened something. Sorry, um super quick there is that Gears 2's horde mode. It might have been Gears 3 for you, but a horde was No, no, I remember I played Gears 2 again, talking about foundational co-op experiences. Like yes. those games, like that that's what I love about that approach to game design, the idea that you can have a proper unique experience playing on your own, mm -hmm. but we can also give you a friend to go through it with, and it's still just as fun, and it mm -hmm. plays just as well. Also, like I mentioned, the Hollywood moment thing, like Gears Two's Horde mode, or Gears, any of the Gears Horde modes, where you're 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 the one, um, you know, in the middle of that sort of valley, and you're fending off fifty way, uh, fifty enemies so that your mate can revive behind you or whatever. Um, those moments of just like let's just keep going, we've got it, we've got it. Like I still remember to this day making Wave Fifty in Gears Two, and, and me and my two friends on voice chat freaking out that we yeah. finally did it. It's like a Halo ODST firefight was really good for yeah. that as well. I mean, shout out to ODST. I think that's a really underrated entry totally. in the series. I really enjoyed that. But then, mm -hmm. yeah, you, well, from that, you get Call of Duty Zombies, which comes from the whole, mm. you know, horde mode kind of development thing that, that's coming around at the time. Mm. So, yeah, I don't that, know. That, like, dominated so much that it removed the competition. Like, there yeah. was that assumption of, like, ah, oh, well, we shouldn't do one of these because it'll get compared to zombies, so why even try? Mm -hmm. Which, like, I... 
I never cared about zombies. Like, I just never did. The thing, the weird thing with zombies is there's like a hyper, like, fixated community there that are like mm. all about the lore and stuff. And I'm just like, I just want to play a horde mode. I just want to like go around and see how long I can survive for mm. and stuff. Um, I've actually forgotten the original question that was like going from here. <laughs> I was, was just about, like, was about other games getting multiplayer for the sake yeah, of multiplayer. Yeah, like whether yeah. you noticed that over the years, whether mm. you felt it, what your assumption is on why this energy went away. Because I feel like this, the specific time that we're talking about is is almost exactly between 2000 2004 and 2007, um, you, but you can argue- I'd go, I'd go to 2010. Okay, because yeah. it was. I remember when Xbox started pivoting into the Kinect and they started doing all, like they lost their core like audience. Like it's really easy to remember the 360 as an awesome game focused console, but they moved into Kinect stuff and motion control and everything else, which led into the Xbox One doubling down on it entirely. 2011 was Kinect? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. for the first Kinect thing. But it was like towards the end of the 2000s, it was the third parties that were propping the console up. It wasn't the, you know, it wasn't the um, first party releases anymore. Um, and so that was kind of the thing where it's like, oh, if the console isn't, the console manufacturer is not believing in it as much anymore, um, it just sort of let it fade away. And it's like, yeah, I guess it's like, why did it, how was it able to be let go? Yeah. And it was so strong. I think it's it's an interesting one because I think maybe there was a tacit acknowledgement at the time that they weren't monetizing those spaces mm. as well as they should be. We had the, that brief period after this boom where you had like multi multiplayer passes where if you bought the game pre-owned you couldn't actually play it or whatever mm-hmm. um but yeah like it, it's one of those where i'm looking back in it on 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 this era of gaming and the thing that, that the, the most important takeaway for me that, that, that frustrates me the most is that we didn't get co-op experience more co-op experiences after this yeah fact. like and i'm not even saying like our game design that is like a sense of like we're gonna take away from the single player aspect to incorporate co-op stuff. But, you know, like actual dedicated co-op campaigns, which we got in the Splinter Cell titles, which mm-hmm. we got um, in, uh, yeah, in, in Splinter Cell. And then like those those single player campaigns that could be played with multiple people. We're kind mm-hmm. of seeing some of that coming back right now, but the prevailing impression you get of AAA spaces and AAA stories right now is that it's like, it's tailor focused on you, the player, yeah. and everything is built around you. And there's, there's lots of good arguments in favor of doing that. But that kind of shared community experience and like actually working together and building something edifying and then, mm-hmm. you know, enjoyable, that has kind of gone away. We've not yeah. really had that. It's a, that's fascinating thinking about like the, when you, when everyone, if, if you just said to someone, think of a triple A game, they'll think of something like a naughty dog, something that is visually, you know, they're putting so much more, uh, so much of the resources into visuals that knocks you over with its production budget. It's not really a triple A shooter, like in terms of the, the terminology, like it maybe eventually you'd get around to a Call of Duty or something. Um, but that pivot over the 2010s of like, um, The Last of Us changed so much in 2013. It was like, okay, this is the thing. Sony changed their entire identity to make everything The Last of Us. God of War is The Last of Us. Um, in terms of like take the main character put him with a younger character do do a last of us with this ip um i feel like they've made a lot of their first party over shoulder camera slow stuff i've just had a terrifying thought right so <laughs> when i was growing up yes. i used to I, when so i was my, a boy my, when i was a boy <laughs> um, my fondest gaming memories are like doing co-op with my cousin like star wars battlefront two, oh, right. Star Wars battlefront 2 like yeah. playing those games together playing whatever licensed game we were playing and and, and, and having those like, halo 3 you mm. know halo 2 that sort of stuff mm. um the thing that i'm like just having this this kind of like, and again, this is something that has always been apparent, but maybe I've just never really vocalized it before. Mm. It's like, if you're a kid right now, right? And sleepovers were a big thing when I was growing up, uh-huh. right? And one of the best things was, I don't know why I'm talking about Quentin Tarantino, so okay, right? You know, <laughs> but like, one of my favorite things was like playing games together on yes. a split screen or a shared screen. 
they're not really a thing. They're definitely not encouraged. Anymore. No. Like I, just, I what what are they doing at sleep? Are we just gonna take <laughs> we're just gonna take turns on Call of Duty? We're just gonna take turns on like whatever? I don't know. I don't, I mean I don't have any reference points for like I mean we have the Dadleys over on the wrestling channel. I, I have to ask Mr. Sidrick what his kids would if they even do sleepovers, what games do they play? Is yeah. local Because the Ninten- Nintendo's still flying the flag. You know, you've mm-hmm, got Mario Kart and I guess like you Mario know, Party. like Halo, you can still do split screen in certain respects and mm-hmm. like Call of Duty still has certain I think you can actually do multiplayer split screen mm-hmm. on that. But it's not the same thing as like having a co-op story you can play through and experience the story together and, and no. go through all of that. Like I remember when I played through Splinter Cell Conviction. And again, Conviction is probably not one of the best Splinter Cell games out no. there. But the co-op campaign, the way that thing ends where it then pits you against each other, I have a foundational gaming memory of like me, me playing that with my mate mm-hmm. and then us going, wait, what? Well, because like <laughs> underneath that is a really cool, innovative, like solid gameplay focused idea. And I feel like that shaped across the 2010s to making cinematic releases or focusing on cinematics almost entirely in the, in a certain like AAA space or a certain like echelon of budgeting um, takes away the ability for a dev to even think of that stuff. Whereas like if I directly contrast it with the Bungie documentary that I'm mentioning, um, which you can still watch online, um, shout out to the, the Steve Vai recordings where he's laying down the Halo 2 theme because um, that guy's a god. Um, but that thing, that dev team size, the budgets as they were at the time, they were able to go, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did this and then implement it, get a version of it going and then go from there. I remember when... Um, uh, Psych- I said not Psygnosis. The dudes that make Rocket League, but I forget their name. Um, they Psionics, were- is it? Psionics, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Psygnosis are the old studio that um, <laughs> had like the owl logo. But I remember when they were talking about, they had a, an original version of Rocket League called um, Super Powered Acrobatic Rocket Powered Battle Cars. And it didn't take off, funnily enough. And uh, <laughs> because of the name. But they were talking about when they stumbled upon that before lunch one day. There's a great interview with them, a documentary over on Noclip on YouTube, um, about how they were like, they had a Havoc physics engine, they had a couple of cars, and they just put a ball in. And then they just missed all their lunch breaks because they just started trying to score goals against each other. And then they were like, okay, it's this. This is the thing. You almost can't get that anymore if there's too much of, uh, or there's not enough time given to gameplay innovation or gameplay experimentation. Yeah, that's a um, good point. Like, that's the idea of like, oh, we, we literally fiddled around with some physics and it's fun, so we're going to make a game out of it. Yeah, and I forget the name of the dude who was talking about, it was one of the old um, uh, Diablo developers who was talking about the way that games get instanced and iterated on now, where it's just like he couldn't just go in and amend the code that day, even though he knows what change needs to be done. It needs to be greenlit by a wider team or it needs to be, uh, it needs to be signed off by maybe the branding team or whatever it is. And those things can get in the way of gameplay or get in the way of a, a game idea. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that 
with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Um, and it's not to... Obviously, those conversations will still happen, but it is interesting looking back on the the smaller scale stuff and then what they were able to pull off. Like, I love um, the earliest stages of a given medium when everyone's yes. just figuring it out. You look at it in cinema, the um, the burst of movies that came across the 70s and the 80s. Obviously, that's decades after cinema started, but still... But you get the new wave and stuff. Yeah, all yeah. the new wave stuff. And it's like, I love being able to say that we grew up across a medium expanding. Yeah, like, that's a good, really good point. And it's like that sense of shared discovery mm. as well. Like, the way that custom games and Forge maps in Halo 3 were shared. It was a case of like, you knew someone who had that map saved and you mm. would go in and play it. Mm-hmm. Like those are like, th- those are, that's that's really fun. Like I would <laughs> never have played certain infection game types. There's one where you could turn the physics up on the zombies that like, were super fast, but they had really low <laughs> gravity. So if they jumped, they'd be like, I'm going to get you. Oh, that's great. And you'd be in, you'd have the humans be in a warthog with a gorse cannon. Right. And that's how you'd like, you'd have to be accurate and make sure that you hit them. Otherwise they're going to catch up to the warthog <laughs> and get you. That, that sense of shared discovery, uh-huh. uh, that is a big thing now because it kind of feels like with, with multiplayer as it exists, we've kind of gone into that esports influence bracket of like, we're going to make PvP the main thing, which is obviously totally cool. Like mm. you want, in many ways, you want game design to be informed by the people who are most hands-on with your game. Mm-hmm. But the issue there is that I think we've sucked the fun out of it a little bit. Well, we, we, we've sucked out the stupidity in many ways. See, we haven't, we haven't. We have out of the, the mainstream scene, the idea of anything that would remotely replicate the, the halo, the spinner cell, the Call of Duty energy of the mid to late 2000s. But the you mentioned streamers, or I started thinking of streamers and the fact that you will get these smaller budget gameplay focused ideas that are streamer games. Yes. And it's like, I forget the name. I've said I forget the name quite a lot, but I forget the name of the one that's blowing up at the minute where you play as like four or five people who are investigating an underground space. That, looking. Th- this is the game that I was trying to show you before we came on. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a clip doing the rounds at the minute um, of, a, of a person reacting to yeah, like a giant. That's the one that I was going to show you. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> so we were trying to find this before we started recording. But um, yeah, there's like a giant spider that comes out of a door and jumps at the team. The Prox chat fun. Yes. yes. And it's like, and that's a game fundamentally built around reacting to something. Like the animation is not solid on that creature whatsoever. Um, but there are so many games like that that have the old school ethos of wouldn't it be fun if whatever in a gameplay space. Um, but they don't have the bigger budgets. They don't have the backing of the bigger third parties and especially not the console side of things. It's just an idea that was thrown together and then someone or some streamer will find it. And, and that space is like how marketable that space is. Um, and that's almost been abandoned by the, like I said, the first parties, the, the bigger third parties, because they either don't want to bet on that thing or they just, they know it needs way more tweaking to refine it to the degree that will be more associated with what they regularly put out. But you know what's also interesting about this? I feel like these experiences are becoming more and more um, like segregated along different game lines. Like mm. with Halo 3, you have a complete game there. You have the single player, which mm. can be played co-op. You have the multiplayer, you have Forge, you have um, custom games or mm. whatever. That feel like if you were going to do that now, all these things, and, and they were with Halo Infinite, they were released piecemeal. Yep. They came out individually. The game you're discussing right now, it's it's existing solely on that premise. Mm -hmm. I was thinking of the just before um, Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein: The New Blood is the dedicated co-op game mm -hmm. in that series. Mm -hmm. It feels like we're now, you can't make something that encompasses- Oh, you mean Youngblood, sorry. Youngblood, yes, that's yes, it. Yes. It's one of those where you- Yeah, the one that's co-op. Yeah. yeah. When you have these games now, it feels like they need to be doing one thing. They can't be <laughs> everything, which again, you know, you might argue that that's the best thing for them because they're going to do that one thing very, very well. Mm -hmm. However, it is also kind of like just something that I'm noticing now where that means by default, you're going to get less of a certain thing because people are going to want to hit for those cinematic AAA experiences. They're going to want to hit for those competitive PvP experiences. Mm -hmm. You're going to get something that's going to encompass all the fun and, and, and freedom of something like a Halo 3. Yeah, and it's and it makes me think of like the, the business reality of it, the production budget side of it, like The Last of Us, like The um, Last of Us Factions was bundled in with The Last of Us 1. Yeah, exactly. The that's a great example of it. Yeah. It's going to be separate. Standalone, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's, an in, that's something I hadn't actually thought about until we started discussing it now is that gaming as a whole, we are now getting specialist titles that are devoted to just one thing. Whereas before yeah. you would have... Again, like you could, we could say during the multiplayer boom, they didn't do multiplayer that very mm. that that well. But I still like, I think of like Star Wars Battlefront, and I'm like, oh, I had such great memories playing that game single player and with a mate. Well, it, it, it speaks to a level of freedom that those um, creators had, or maybe the dev time was freed up, or whatever it is. Where you know, even GoldenEye's multiplayer, which is one of the most iconic multiplayers of all time, was put in without Nintendo even knowing about it, because Rare were just like, wouldn't it be fun if we did this? And at the time, they had um, character models for like Sean Connery and all these other. They hadn't got any of the licenses whatsoever. It was just a bunch of coders putting this in the game, and they got rid of the faces for Sean Connery and Timothy Dalton, but. They they left the multiplayer in. Nintendo found out after the game had shipped, but because it was received so well, they were just like, okay, cool. We kind of, in, I guess we intended this, then it's fine. We nintended this. We, <laughs> we nintended this. But um, that's a good example of, a, of gameplay first, coder first, idea first, innovation first design that doesn't need to be signed off by 50 people above to like make sure it aligns with the core ideals of the brand, um, which does come over time with different mediums and the sheer size of production that's happening. I wonder how much that plays a, a part in it. Um, I would, and I've said loads, welcome, um, a Naughty Dog multiplayer game, a Rockstar multiplayer game, whatever, on a reduced budget. I always love when game jams happen, where like, you know, it'll be two or three days in a certain location, a bunch of coders get together, maybe amateur coders, whatever, new people to the industry. What can you guys turn around in three days? Mm. And then they get ideas from that. Some of the best games of all time came from that. Or some of the best ideas came from that. Um, and I would love, I remember watching... Um, the Double Fine documentary on how they made uh, Psychonauts 2. And Tim Schafer, obviously, like, you know, former uh, LucasArts dude, um, 
like still does a game jam every few months. They mandate it. Even if they're crunching, they're trying to get this game over the finish line, everyone put your pens down, essentially. We're going to game jam for a week and just see what comes out of it. Um, and maybe the art director leads a game for a week. And it's like, you never know what you'll get from that. And he he's right, to, at least I would agree, rightfully says that that stuff is essential. Um, that isn't a practice that's embodied across the board. It's more just let's put all the money into something like a suicide squad. Um, and I think that's like, we've, I think that's essential. Like, I think yeah. we're missing that at the minute. I mean, I think it's interesting because we're coming at this now as someone who's 27 and you're like 34. Four. Like Don't make me think about my age. <laughs> so we're coming at this from like, we're not old, but like we have been around in the gaming space for, for oh, yeah, multiple yeah. decades now. Mm-hmm. For kids who have kind of like been growing up with Fortnite and games of that ilk, mm-hmm. you have that social media contingent now, which is very much, I feel like how that sense of, you know, whereas before in, in Xbox, for us going on Halo 2, Halo 3, we just meet strangers. Yeah. And they'd show us this, hey, you want to come around the corner and look at this cool Forge map? Whereas now it's a case of they'll go on TikTok or something and they'll they'll have a Fortnite trend or mm. like, a, like a secret or whatever. And like YouTube will recommend them stuff as mm-hmm. well. So I wonder how that is informing thing. But I, I'm, I'm just curious to see how gaming as a social kind of pastime and, you know, a way of connection and stuff, how it's, how it's changing now that we have you know, places like Discord, how we now, now the games kind of, because for us, it was like, well, we had forums. Yeah. The primary, the primary way of interacting with the community was to just play your luck in, That's in a That's very true. And it's, yeah, and like the, the general idea of like the, I, did, I didn't think of it as the label being community, but in terms of that fan base, like interacting with the, with the Halo fan base was in gameplay. It was in lobbies. It was in the other people you would come across, mainly because we didn't have the internet connection strong enough to load fan pages at a, a remotely decent speed. Um, but it did all work out. Like it did all become this specific thing where everyone's, and it, Xbox Live was brand new. Everyone's trying that stuff and we haven't done it before. Um, that idea of what the new generation's doing, I feel like that's why Fortnite is the every game. That's why they're trying to tap into so much stuff. However, across this year, um, they tried the Fortnite creative. They tried to do ostensibly their forge mode and it just didn't work. That it hasn't worked at that all. Feels like it's, that feels like it's a proper game dev tool. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating to me that that maybe hasn't taken off because I looked at that and I was like, objectively speaking, that is very cool. Yeah. Like, it's a very cool resource to provide to people. Maybe there are young you know, gamers out there right now fiddling around with it, trying to make yeah. their own experiences for me. But maybe, you know, forge was simple. Forge was like Minecraft before Minecraft. Like you can <laughs> just go in and plonk a few crates down yeah. build a house out of like string and <laughs> pray that the physics engine wouldn't combust as you built this thing. Yeah. Um, which in itself was a fun science because there was no exact science. Well, you just you just put objects down and be like, okay, I've, I've one of my favorite ones, there was one forge map called um, Garbage Masher. <laughs> and it would just be you guys. You would be given uh, just a plasma pistol so you couldn't actually hurt each other or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd be basically put in this giant tunnel and there'd be um, gravity lifts and gravity like propulsion things just throwing random objects that would spawn repeatedly down the shaft. Okay. And the, the object of the game was to survive and dodge all these things. And it was That's so great. much fun. Like that, you, oh my, and that, that is something that's been built out of just like, just gumption and moxie. Like that, <laughs> that to me is what we need more of. Because now if someone, um, anyone, any Activision, whoever was going to, were going to make a mode like that, it would be like, how do we monetize it? How do we justify how, the, the player agency side of it as well? How do we make sure that the average person is having fun on this level and isn't just dying every time they go into something? There's loads of research, lots of um, data available on making sure someone wins their first game when they go into a multiplayer match. Um, to like, because otherwise you might oh, not play again. Yeah, like yeah. there's tons of stuff like that. Um, and like, 
know, obviously the skill-based matchmaking conversation or making sure that you align with people that will still let you have a degree of fun. Whereas before <laughs> those checks and balances existed, you might just get flattened 10 times over, but you were playing Halo and everyone was playing That's the Halo, hell that so. loose experience, man. Play a game for an hour and a half and just die repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> that was my experience with hell that loose. It yeah. was like run for like 20 minutes to get to mate, the fun. You, you need you need to get guide. shot at the arse. You need a guide, mate. Yeah. Oh, let me be your guide. <laughs> <laughs> I need to reinstall that. I, that game, that's another thing when I was talking about Hollywood moments, made me think of Battlefield. Mm -hmm. um, because I felt like the last time I had a, a Hollywood moment in Battlefield was in Battlefield 1. Um, is it Territories is the game mode? So Battlefield, um, there was this Conquest, which is the normal- Might be Conquest. Co normal traditional game mode. I remember leading, leading my team to the next big flag yes, point. Yes, there's yeah. also a really good, oh, Rush is the one where it opens up and you, everyone screams and you're like charging at the it next objective. It might be that thing. Yeah, it might have been Rush. Um, well, it was called Rush and Bad Company. I think it was called Breakthrough I remember, Battlefield 1. I remember Battlefield, it was just, I remember a huge map and I remember yeah. there being big craters. Oops, and we all sort of took cover inside these craters, but yeah. I remember leading the charge yes. to the next big point to yeah. capture. I mean, Battlefield 1, that is a great example mm. of um, multiplayer narrativization. Mm -hmm. They had a really good mode in there, which they brought back less successfully in Battlefield 5. I forgot what it's called now, but it would string together multiple maps to create one historic campaign. You have a narration nice. in between it. Yes, yeah. Um, I forgot what it's called now. It's gonna be, someone's gonna have to tell me because I've completely <laughs> forgotten it. But we need more stuff of that. Things that create story moments in games. I know that game developers and studios are conscious of this because mm -hmm. Battlefield's entire marketing strategy with 2042 was recreating Battlefield moments. Mm -hmm. But but they're trying to force it. You need a little bit of chaos and, and jank to make it better yeah, in a way. I think I just had a quick Google of Battlefield 1 modes. Is it Operations? Operations, that's there it. There you yeah. go. And you have Grand Operations in Battlefield 5, which right. didn't do as well. But that, yeah, that idea of like, but it all kind of comes from everything else. Like we, You mentioned Forge mode and how easy it is to throw things together and have fun. That is a fundamental extension of the physics mindset you had in Halo 2. Like where you're just playing around with what if I put a sticky grenade on this dude and fire it across the map. Like you were already kind of thinking in that way. So it made sense to expand on it, um, which you could argue in Fortnite's case, you're already building stuff. But then the, the no build mode is the thing that blew up the most anyway. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a weird thing. But that idea of player ingenuity then guiding the game, I feel like that, to bring it all back to Halo, it, that's definitely something that Halo capitalized on. Yeah. With Halo I mean, I don't think Fortnite is ever going to have the same thing where in Halo you see a gravity lift and you drive your warthog <laughs> through a tiny corridor and someone get it through and then you drive it across the lift and roadkill everyone else coming across the other side. <laughs> like Fortnite doesn't have that as far as I'm aware. Fortnite the thing is, like, every time I see, because I, I used to keep up with Fortnite, well, I didn't keep up with it, but I played most of it, nearly all of it in 20, played every other day in 2017, and a little bit into 2018. That was when, obviously, it was blowing up. Battle Royales were new. I was trying PUBG. I was trying H1Z1. I was playing Call of Duty Blackout before it was Warzone, all that stuff. Um, Fortnite, whenever I check back in on it, I am quite, like, amazed by what they've done to it. Um, and they did add vehicles, and they did add, like, all these different um, season finale modes, all these different, like, two kaijus are fighting while you're trying to have a Battle Royale next to their feet. And it's like, all this stuff's really cool. However, it's quite telling that when they announced the other month that they're going back to season one and they're stripping all of it back out, that they had the biggest player number they've had since 2017, or in a good few years. Um, and that was kind of like indicative of like, how far can you push this stuff? Because um, there is a purity, or there almost should be a purity to multiplayer. This is what I think. I think at some point you just add so much stuff that mm. it becomes less fun. It's yeah. another thing to learn and wrap your head around, which is fine because you want to like, you know, adapt or whatever. There is, mm -hmm. there is, uh, there is satisfaction to be drawn from that. But again, not to belabor the point, Halo 3 works because there were like core guiding tenets and foundations to how mm -hmm. that thing played. Mm -hmm. And it didn't really change that much. Even when you got new maps and modes, it was very mm -hmm. much a, we know how this is going to play situation. We know how each weapon interacts with an enemy. We know how each, you know, blast mm -hmm. is going to, you know, affect the map or whatever. I think that 
is sorely underestimated now, especially with a game like Rainbow Six Siege, yeah. where it's like, we're just going to throw more and more operators at this thing and see how it does. And Siege, to its credit, is still doing well, mm-hmm. um, but it's not the game that it was when it started out. No, I think it's fascinating as well, thinking about that late 2000s timeline where Halo was on top of the world, Modern Warfare 2 dropped, and well, Modern Warfare 1 dropped, and then 2 sort of solidified it, but it was like the Call of Duty approach had nowhere near the amount of like social feel that Halo did. Like, COD lobbies were a thing, and like you said, they were toxic, whatever. They were largely responsible, or one of the main reasons why that stuff went away, because Halo had disappeared. Like, we were in between Halo 3 and 4. And then when Halo 4 came back in, it was uh, it was more like COD. Yes, and then they, I, didn't, I didn't vibe with it at yeah, all. Yeah, and I like Halo 4 well enough, but it's nothing compared to the original trilogy or Reach. Um, but once that had established itself as, like, this is what multiplayer is, it's more like a drop-in, drop-out, casual experience. You're not really talking to people. You're not coordinating, um, you know, in a way that at least I used to in Halo 2, where we would everyone would talk about tactics. You go around the left, I'll go around the right, I'll go forward, do whatever. None of that was in COD unless you were playing with a specific group of friends. And so once that was established, it never came back. That lone wolf mentality, yeah. yeah. A lot of games. I mean, we, we have had like team-based stuff since then, but it's never a case of like, I couldn't, if I was playing Halo 3 and I was being attacked by someone mm. and I was, I would be, I knew that if I could say, hey, I'm being attacked, someone would try and like help yes. me. Whereas if I said that in Call of Duty, I know that my mate's going to be on the other side of the map because he's not thinking about anyone <laughs> or else. Or all their mics will be turned himself. off anyway. Exactly. So it's not really like a, a thing that you can do. And that, mm. that leads to a siloed way of gaming, which I think again, would be people have like, clearly a lot of love for those games, like those memories of them or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it, to me, it but- doesn't generate lasting connections the way that you would get from a more team-based cooperative or you know combative experience because how big of it that's the thing like there's not really there hadn't been much innovation in that space until um do you remember apex legends and the ping system and then it was like the ping system then fortnite did it and now halo infinite well, has it that, that, that goes back to the spotting mechanic and bad company too to be right, fair yeah which again that was like really overpowered and they nerfed it but yeah like <laughs> the ping system every game has a ping system now yeah for better or for worse but it feels like that um was like that felt like solving one of those problems that everyone had but didn't realize was mm. an issue and then it's like as long as you make it contextual like in Halo Infinite it'll it'll you just aim and point and like, oh there's an ammo cache there oh there's a person there there's a weapon over there whatever it's really really helpful Left 4 Dead yeah like Left 4 Dead which I still haven't played uh, other than Left 4 Dead 1 what I know I didn't play it back then I've played it oh but my I god we're talking about like foundational co-op experiences like yeah Left 4 Dead man I didn't play it religiously I've played 1 I didn't play Left 4 Dead 2 oh 2 is better yeah? yeah people always say it's better but still that idea of a ping system I think speaks to that almost need or want for uh camaraderie, cooperation, like that idea of playing as a team, um, which we had in the golden age to bring it all full circle. That's why those memories are so strong. Like whether it was through co-op or multiplayer, those original, um, you know, Xbox Live experiences had such a everyone's doing this at once feel. And we were all experiencing it at the same time, which is why I'm so glad that we lived through it. Um, but I do wonder, like, yeah, could it ever come back? Like not in, you'll, you'll never get fully voiced lobbies again. Um, you'll just not get that. It's, it has too much potential to just be horrible. I mean, hey, I mean, again, not to belabor the point, Hell at Loose is very chatty. Okay. Um, it, it mostly, that, that's probably my most positive community experience I've had in the gaming. Like, obviously you do encounter idiots, mm. but for the most part, everyone there is like embracing the silliness and chaos of just being blown up out of nowhere and like having a <laughs> laugh or whatever. You get people like role playing and stuff. So. People largely got rid of their mics as well. Yeah. Like, you need it for a game like that for it to work. Yeah. Like if you do not talk, you because everything is so specific. Like if you do not talk, you will have to spawn at the very beginning of the game <laughs> and walk for twenty minutes to maybe like get far. You right. need to be working together with that. Yeah. But yeah, I think all that stuff is like furtive attempt at getting back to the the golden age of multiplayer gaming. Not that multiplayer, you know, 
the numbers have only gone up. Like millions of people play multiplayer games, but there is a specific energy that we're referring to, and everyone who grew up with it will know exactly what we mean. Mm-hmm. We need more. Bo- we need more prox chat. I want more Give hilarious because prox, pro- prox chat is hilarious. Prox chat is a meme. Like I, I, I like the <laughs> idea of like being around the corner and going help, help, and then someone just hearing. Well, it was in um, uh, Phasmophobia, which is a that's eventually coming to yes. consoles. But like that, when someone runs, like someone goes down at the basement, it's like a ghost hunting game. But someone goes down at the basement, and you'll hear them get further and further away. And then if they stop saying something, and then you're shouting after them, you're literally shouting after them, trying to like, get like a response, and you hear them go, "Oh my god, oh my god!" But it's distant, and it's like, "Oh, oh something's literally happening over there," and I need to go find out what that is. Mm. Um, I remember the um, proximity chat in the division as well, like um, hiding from any, like hiding from yeah. other players while they walked around the um, the bit in the middle of the map like there are more cool ideas to do with that stuff um and right now i mean i feel like we're at a pivot point where like um bungie are you know their next game is the reboot of marathon but it's going to be an extraction shooter um there's two or three other games that are coming up that are all going to be extraction shooters and i wonder what mechanics or what new staples come with them because we've exhausted the the model as it's been for the last 10 years um and every sort of decade or so there are enough shifts anyway so yeah i wonder what lessons they can bring back or what features they can bring back from the golden age but Mm. we had a lovely time yeah no interesting discussion because again i've not really sat down and thought about the whole demarcation aspect of gaming Mm. how we've become more siloed in terms of genres and and even just gameplay modes Mm -hmm. um so it's yeah it's just interesting to think about i was thinking last night i was like when was the last when was the last good third person shooter like like the one like here there was a time when obviously gears blew up and it blew up so much that ea turned dead space and mass effect into gears of war but um i've been playing el paso elsewhere which is like a really cool indie take on max Payne. Um, and that has a really good presentation, but it's, it's just a standard third-person shooter. We haven't had, unless I'm missing something, anything even close to the likes of Max Payne 3 or whatever in terms of the level of production put into, like Stranglehold, yeah, Dark I Sector. I don't, think, I don't think you can call Red Dead 2, like it is a third-person shooter, but it but it, but it's more than that. I think yeah. we're talking about like purely like a third-person action I'm combat thinking Max game. Payne, yeah. Max Payne 3 is the one that like stands out for me. It's like, yeah. I'm probably, I am definitely probably missing something here. I hope I am. I mean, like that's the thing. Even in regards to like ways that, gen- that uh, genre was going, when Vanquish came in, it was like, hey, what if you could just jet boost everywhere and flip around and like evade in more ways and like that's just when you mentioned like siloing off I'm like well third person shooters on invoke so they've gone away altogether like, Max Payne 3 had fun <laughs> multiplayer as well that was a fun yeah time. that was fun yeah. um, Max Payne 3 thankfully um, is on Xbox backwards compatible as well um, for now we're going to wrap because we're running out of time and the wrestling lads are banging on the door so for now, for now it's been the What Culture Gaming Podcast I've been your host Scott Taylor that's been you and Patterson goodbye thank you all very much and we'll catch you throughout the week Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.